listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards is the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, hello again, Sun Devil friends, and it took you all of about five seconds to figure out this is not Tim Healy. Tim is on assignment tonight with men's basketball, and we'll go into a little further detail about that when time permits. I'm Jeff Munn, the radio voice of Arizona State's women's basketball team, who will open their conference schedule tomorrow night. And we welcome you to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. And the best news of all is we've got some football to talk about, and we've got a whole bunch of guests to do that football talking with. So... As you no doubt know by now, this show is like a football game, so let's put it on the tee and kick it off with quarter number one. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. The first quarter. And we are very, very happy to welcome the man you really tuned in to hear, the head coach of Arizona State football, Herm Edwards. Coach, first and foremost, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, I am knocking on wood. I'm not going on my head, but um, I am I am recovered, and I'm excited about having an opportunity to um, finally play a football game. Indeed, and we uh, we share that feeling. And uh, Saturday night at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field, Arizona State will take on UCLA. And it's it, like so many other things this year, Coach. There are some bizarre wrinkles to. Uh, this game coming up Saturday night. And the biggest one is you haven't been on the field in a game setting for three, four weeks, but you have been at, uh, on the practice field now for, I believe, again, when you throw in the days off, I think you've been on the, the practice field for just over a week now, right? Uh, a little longer than that. We've actually, uh, I mean, we've been practicing since, um, you know, we've had to cancel. Um, so we've probably got 10 days in for the most part. The the question came up at your media session earlier in the week, and I thought it was a valid one, is is there a concern on the part of the coaches about getting the team back into a football rhythm or a pace going into Saturday night? Absolutely. Uh, because of the time off uh, that certain individuals uh, had to take uh, due to the virus and, and getting them in stamina to, to, to play a football game, um, you know, and that's that's just part of it. When you miss that long period of time, it's just you have to practice this game. You have to get in shape. So uh, we'll deal with that, though, and that, that that's going to not stop us from from playing. So we're we're going to we're excited about playing. How, in terms of game preparation right now, are, are your staffs on the offensive defensive side of the ball? Are you just kind of going back to the basics without putting in a lot of, of different wrinkles? Well, we, we, you know, our plan obviously is, is we're playing UCLA um, uh, this weekend, and they do a little bit, they're a little bit different on defense compared to SC. They bring a lot of pressure, they bring a lot of five and six man pressure, uh, so you have to be well aware of that. Uh, offensively, um, they're very dynamic. Uh, they have one of the better players in the Pac-12, felt in the runner. If you were voting right now, I'd vote for him as the MVP. Uh, of, of the conference, he's he's a nifty runner, powerful runner. Uh, was a receiver at one time, could catch the ball out of the backfield. They have a, of a big offensive line, um, and, and they do a great job with the quarterback of moving the pocket. He's a handful now. I mean, the quarterback is, uh, you know, he, he can run and make plays. And this offense is playing well, thirty-four points a game. Defense giving up about twenty-six. Uh, so uh, you know they are moving the ball and scoring. 
The uh, There are a number of things to, for us to go over here in our two segments. Let me just drop in real quick that no matter where you're watching the ASU game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, remember 21, means 21. Something he said last week uh, before the cancellation of last week's game hit, that the remaining games that you get on the field to play really afford you the opportunity to sort out a lot of things looking ahead to next spring with spring football and obviously to next fall. But you you also talked this week about the things that you were able to take out of the USC game. Uh, And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit because I know you were very pleased with certain aspects of the offensive performance against USC. And I know you've had a chance to, to go over that with your team. Yeah, basically, um, first of all, you know, not finishing the game. We didn't finish it. We had opportunities um, during the course of the game, especially in the fourth quarter. Everybody will look at the fourth quarter. But there were other opportunities in that game um, to to possess the ball a little longer, um, to get off the field on big on big downs, like on fourth down situations. You know, we, we they, they completed some fourth downs on us, kept the drive alive there for their offense, um, turned the ball over too many times. And then I think the run game was something that um, uh, was very, very – was good. I mean, it was, was, was really good. And um, the runners we have, young runners, they ever played in a, in a, in a Pac-12 football game, and they, they responded. Uh, the passing game, uh, due to the fact that we didn't throw it that many times, we only threw it 23 times because we felt going into that game we wanted to run the ball and keep um, USC's offense off the field. Well, with that being said, uh, we didn't get an opportunity to throw it as much as maybe we would like. But here again, that's a little bit to our fault. You don't convert on third downs. You don't get enough plays on offense. That being said, in the passing game, we have to be more uh, explosive. Uh, you you got to make chunk yards in the passing game. You know, I've always said this. You run, you, you run to win, but to score points, you got to be able to throw it. you got to be able to complete passes. So, we got to do a better job in that part of it, but um, we're looking forward to it. The, it, it. In regards to the passing game, and it's really kind of almost unfair to try to make evaluations as fans off one game, but we're going to have Curtis Hodges on tonight as, uh, as our student-athlete guest. In a general sense, I would think that you probably want to get the tight end more involved in what's going on and throwing the football this Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of them. Uh, but you're right. The, the tight end, of course, did a fabulous job of blocking. He did a wonderful job. Uh, he's really uh, fit into that role nicely. But we got to get him some touches. Uh, Frank Darby went down early, uh, so we lost him. So those are two guys that have played a lot uh, offensively for us, for the most part, Frank especially. And the rest of our receivers are very young. Now, that's not an excuse because we don't make excuses for young players. We've been doing that since I've been here. So I just think this is another opportunity for some young guys to step up and to play well. They, it's, it brings up an interesting point, and we're going to focus in a little bit more on UCLA in our next segment, but uh, in a, just kind of a, a big picture, and I know you've been asked about this before, sure. the tight end has become such an important part of a lot of offenses at the pro level, at the college level. It went through a period where the tight end was almost kind of an afterthought. Now it's come back to being one of the most important positions on the field. It has, and the fact that the passing game now 
gives you the ability with a tight end that's athletic, that can run and has size. It gives you a, a, a troublesome matchup. And talk about tight ends, UCLA has two of them. And they're they both about six. <laughs> they're both six five, six six, big men that can run, um, that can run down the seams of your defense. You get some bad matchups. You know, all of a sudden they they put a, a, a wing set with two tight ends on the backside of that offensive formation. Um, it, it poses a problem. Uh, all of a sudden, how do you how do you deal with that? Is a linebacker trying to cover the guy? Or is, are you going to play zone to that side, and then all of a sudden you're a little weaker in run support? So there's a lot of offenses now that are using this tight end um, as as a as a as a bad matchup for you defensively. Before we go to a break, uh, let me just ask a, a personnel question. You've got a couple spots to fill in the secondary. How do you fill those positions on Saturday night? Well, we've got some young guys that have to step up and play. Uh, we, we have a freshman guy that, that um, uh, you know, Ed Woods, uh, that we like, didn't have a whole lot of experience, but uh, he's only a freshman, only played in one game. <laughs> and uh, to Marcus Davis, who, who played for us last year, uh, so you know, we, we feel like we're gonna we're gonna put them out there, and, and they're gonna have to play. And we will see Saturday night. It's eight uh, thirty is the scheduled kickoff at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field. Our pregame coverage starts at six on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station and the Sun Devil Radio Network. When we come back, we'll focus in a little bit more on UCLA. There's some really interesting similarities between the ASU and UCLA football programs, starting with the head coaches. And we'll discuss it with Coach Herm right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Along with head coach Herm Edwards, Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. We thank you for being with us this evening on the All Aboard program. And you can normally catch All Aboard on our Facebook Live page. For fans who couldn't join us this evening, check out the live stream of the show at the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. We were uh, talking a moment ago, Coach, about tight ends. And here is a note. I was looking for this. You mentioned Greg Dulcich, uh, one of their starting yeah. tight ends. He's averaging 23 yards a catch. And it goes back. I, I mean, it, that, that That's not safety valve stuff. That's that's not, I don't have anywhere else to throw it. He's going downfield, and he's making big-time plays. Yeah, he was a walk-on guy, too. Uh, big, uh, athletic, tight end can run. And, and, and I, you know, I've said it all the week. I mean, he's a seam runner. He's going to find the seam in your zone. Or even sometimes in man situations, and, um, you know, they get him the ball. So he's, he's a concern because they do a lot of things to – to, to, to muddy your eyes up and all of a sudden that guy's up on you or he's running down the scene and the quarterback gets it on him and he can run. We I mentioned before the break there are a great many similarities between your program and Chip Kelly's program. You both came into the league in the same year. And the other similarities, I'll start with this, you both have committed to playing a lot of young players right from the get-go. I mean, you mentioned it. 2018, you look around, there's a lot of freshmen in the two deep. Same thing with Chip Kelly. It was almost freshmen and sophomores. He's run into a little bit more rough times through the first two years, but there's a there's a value to that, and I think we're starting to see it this year. I've, I've seen a number of their games. I know you've looked at the film. They're a lot better-looking football team this year. Oh yeah, and, and and that was Chip's plan, uh, no different from ours. Uh, and and I just think that's you're, when you're trying to build a program, you realize that you're going to have to make a decision and allow some young guys to play. And you know, and, and that's always one of those deals. You let them play, and 
there'll be some some good moments and there'll be some not so good moments. But I think as you continue to build your program, that's where you build your foundation and then you build on that. And the other thing, and this is always something I point out the last couple of years when uh, ASU plays UCLA and fans will come to me and say, oh, Chip Kelly, when he was at Oregon, they were throwing the ball all over the yard. It's not true. That is, and you've talked about this, that is a, a football team that is predicated on running the football and establishing the run and then running some more after that. You know, they're going to run it 50 times. They're averaging about 50 carries a game. Uh, so, you know, you do the math and that's, that's a lot of running the football, and, 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 and they do a great job of running it. And why wouldn't you? I mean, their last game against Arizona, they actually ran it 56 times for 281 yards. Yeah, so, it just it's okay. it's fascinating in, in a great many respects, and and yet they still have a very talented quarterback and Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's a he's a lot like Jaden. He can do a lot of things to beat you, running, throwing, and he's got a lot of experience in that program now too. Yeah, he does, and um, as you can see it unfold, uh, these guys are getting uh, more comfortable in the program. And it's going to reap them benefits. I mean, you know, they, they're a two-and-two two football team uh, right now, and uh, they're, they're playing well. And the defense is much improved. They bring a lot of pressure. Uh, and I said it earlier in the program, you know, they've sacked the quarterback already 12 times. They've got, what, uh, 15 quarterback hits. But they put you in some bad downs. Uh, you know, they have the 32, I think, tackles for losses. And that, that gets you behind the chains. It's all before you know it, you're, you're always playing uphill, and you don't want to get into that game with these guys. The, uh, I guess we could say this any week, but especially this week. This is for fans who will be watching the game on TV. This has mm-hmm. to be a lot of fun because of the matchup. And, I, and Chip is not the offensive coordinator, but it is his offensive philosophy of his philosophy matching up with Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce. And football can be like a chess game. I think that's where the chess game is this week. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, and, you know, and they'll give you some looks, uh, especially on offense, some formations and some looks that you might have not seen before. Uh, so you're going to have to be able to adjust. Uh, you have to be able to, to adjust because every, every week they have another, they have a different package according to who they're playing. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with us, with, with our defense, as far as how they're going to do it. Offensively, uh, against our offense, uh, they're big on bringing pressure uh, on the quarterback. They, they did that against Arizona. They started out the game, I think, defensively, the first six or seven snaps. They brought five-man pressure and it, at times brought six-man pressure. Is there any advantage, Coach, to the fact that they've played, I believe now, and I've got to get the number in front of me, they are now into game number five. You've got a lot more film on them than they've got on you at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, but here again, uh, you know, defensively doesn't change a whole lot. Offensively is, is, is Chip's deal. I mean, he's going to change it around. But you're, you're right. I mean, we have tape on them. They have the one game on us for the most part. Offensively, what we're trying to do a little bit defensively. Um, now they, they're in they're, they're in game shape because they have played four games. Yeah, that's uh, true. We were we were able to play one, and now we got to find our way back into game shape again. And um, this will be one of them, and then next week another one, and hopefully after that another one. Tell me a little bit too about uh, the mood of the team now. I mean, it's it's Thursday. You know, we're not uh, we're not sitting on pins and needles wondering whether we're going to play. <laughs> we're going to play. So I would think that the mood is pretty upbeat. It is. They're excited about playing. Our guys are going to play. I mean, it's been a long. You know, this has been a long season for everyone. 
uh, when you think about when this thing started in March, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> so let's don't let, let, let's make that perfectly clear. This thing has been since March for everyone, and and everyone's had to adjust their lives, whether they're a football program, basketball program, just our our fan base in general, their lives has changed dramatically. And I think the thing we've learned about the football situation is every week, it's week to week. And you see cancellations, that's just part of it now this year. Cancellations of games is nothing like a normal. I mean, you just feel like there's going to be four or five of them every week, and that has been the case. It has, and I I don't know if you've been asked this before, and if you have, I apologize for being repetitive, but you were playing in the NFL in 1982 when they had the strike. Yes. And there's a gap in the middle of that year where there's no yeah. games, and then the strike settled, and you come back. And I always remember Washington won the Super Bowl that year, yeah. and they yeah. said that one of the reasons that they felt like they could that they won that championship was because during the downtime they stayed together they practiced right. someplace now you can't do that but my question is this do you draw anything from that experience of having gone through that that experience of having a season interrupted does it help you convey things to your team now i i think the thing that you convey to your team is that don't take the disruption of what has happened to our season personal because it happens to everybody. So it's happened to all these college football teams one way or another. And I think what you got to be able to do is understand that, you know, it's been disrupted, but with that being said, we still have an opportunity to play. When we started this thing off in March and they shut us down, we postponed the season. We didn't even know we were going to play. It was postponed. We thought maybe we're going to play in the spring, and then all of a sudden it moved up. And it came earlier than we thought, which was great. And then all of a sudden it, it hit us again, right? And so I just think that that is kind of the, the mindset of our players right now. And um, it'll be glad, we'll be glad to get on a routine because, you know, like anything else, football is based on a routine. There's so many days you're practicing, you get to play. We practice for a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then played one game, and then guess what? Didn't play again for a while. Yeah, and I, I, I would think, too, that as you approach your team and talk to them, it, it, it's kind of similar to what Washington had going for them in 82. The teams that stay closer bonded together through this are going to be the ones that have greater success next year. Yeah, I believe that, and, and and I just believe that that our kids have, have been very, very, they've been they've been great. I'm, I can't ask any more for my football team. I really can't, and for our coaching staff as well. As many times as we had to adjust to figure out who we were going to play, and maybe we're not going to play these guys. And I think every coach is dealing with that. But 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 I'm really thankful that I've got a great coaching staff that has just been in here every day. Uh, trying to find ways to, to adjust and, and do things. And that's a credit to them and, and, and to our players. I mean, they have done a marvelous job of just hanging in there, right? Just keep hanging in there, boys. I keep telling them that, right? Yeah. I, mean, I was gone. I was gone for a little while. <laughs> that's right. You know? And so it's just kind of interesting, but I think we'll be excited when we run into that stadium and we pass that uh, – Tillman statue um, that 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 is always going to be a fun night for us indeed it will be and I'll leave you on the, a bit of good news too uh, the ASU hockey team won tonight at Notre Dame six to three oh you talk about a team that's they've been on the road for a month 
And yeah, you talk about, about hanging in there. Yeah, how about that? That's I mean, a, everyone. Everyone is. Everyone's doing it. You know, and yep. it's a credit to the kids and to the coaching staff that have to go through all this. And and I'm, and, and it's just it's good stuff. It is indeed, and uh, we sure appreciate the way you've uh, held things together with the program, and we're also very, very glad that you're feeling better, and we can't wait for Saturday night. Coach, I appreciate it. All the best, uh, and stay healthy and well, and we'll see you Saturday night at Sun Devil Stadium. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Harm Edwards, the head football coach at Arizona State. Now, this show is not anywhere close to being done. We've got a couple of uh, special guests coming up. Sun Devil tight end Curtis Hodges will uh, join us coming up uh, in just a few moments. And we were talking a little earlier about the significance of the tight end position. Well, we're going to talk with Curtis about how important that position is and how important it's going to be going forward, especially in these final three games for Arizona State. We remind you that portions of our program are brought to you by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud Sun Devil Athletics partner. I should also mention that at the tail end of our program tonight, there's going to be a great reunion. Yours truly will reunite with an old broadcast partner who's gone on to do much more legitimate work than radio, Derek Hagan, a member of Herm Edwards' coaching staff and the former host of pregame programming on the Sun Devil Radio Network. We're not going to just sit and go down memory lane. We're going to talk some football. Matter of fact, we're going to talk football with Curtis Hodges right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. Uh, Thanks again to head coach Herm Edwards, and we continue on with the All Aboard show. We'll get to Curtis Hodges in a minute. i got a little housekeeping I want to do before we go any further. First of all, if you were not with us uh, in our last segment at the tail end, and if you weren't, where were you? Arizona State's hockey team won again tonight on the road, defeating Notre Dame. And I'm going to get that final in front of me. I had it here a second ago. And 6-3 was the final as Arizona State defeats Notre Dame tonight in college hockey in South Bend. They'll play again tomorrow evening in South Bend. And basketball is underway. The reason I'm here and Tim is not is in just a few moments, Tim Healy and Kyle Dodd will start their pregame coverage of the Men's Basketball Conference opener as Arizona State meets California up in Berkeley. And you can hear that in the Phoenix area over on our sister station, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Tip-off will be at 8 p.m. Women's basketball will open their conference schedule tomorrow. It'll be against USC at Desert Financial Arena, 5 p.m. tip-off. Maura McHugh and yours truly will have the pregame at 4.30 and the play call beginning at 5. And then Saturday, football. 8.30 p.m. kickoff at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cushfield, Arizona State and UCLA. Our extended pregame coverage will start Saturday evening at 6 p.m. with the tailgate show. Countdown to kickoff at 7.30 and then we'll indeed kick it off at 8.30. In the Phoenix area, you can hear it on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Around the state, you can hear it on your Sun Devil Radio Network affiliate or on the Arizona Sports app or at ArizonaSports.com. So lots of ways you can catch the action on Saturday night. And we hope that we're mentioning the name Curtis Hodges quite a bit on Saturday night. Sun Devil tight end joins us this evening. And uh, we've been discussing the, the position, Curtis. First of all, welcome. How you doing, by the way? I'm doing good, man. How yeah. you doing? I'm well, thank you. I We were, we were talking with Coach Herm earlier in the show about the position of tight end. Now, you came to the program as a wide receiver and made the move, correct? 
Yes, I did. I ended up switching to tight end like my sophomore year. It's really changed, I think, even over the last five years in the game of football, regardless of the level, whether it's pro, college, or high school. The tight end just is grown in importance in terms of what that position lends to an offense, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's grown a whole lot. Like, it's just the role that they play in the offense, as far as, like, going out and running routes and catching the ball has just grown. I feel like, you know, the role of a tight end, a traditional tight end back in the day was kind of more just like a fullback, you know, blocking in the, in the run run game. But we're getting a lot more involvement in the pass game, and the offense is definitely catered around that position too. So, Well, you mentioned I, we were talking with Coach Herm about Greg Dulcich at, at UCLA. He's averaging 23 yards a catch. So uh, for, for UCLA, the tight end is not a safety valve. He's not a guy that's out there, and if everybody else, if there's nothing right. open elsewhere – Dorian Robinson can just dump it off. It's obvious Dulcich is a major part of the offense. And you just mentioned running routes. You get an opportunity to run some deep patterns in addition to just some possession routes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some things that uh, will open up the, uh, the field, and I'll be running some deep routes and some intermediate things as well. So, yep, all of that, really. Outstanding. Curtis Hodges joins us on the All Aboard program uh, out of Mesa's Mountain View High School, which uh, you talk about your traditional high school football powers. That, To me, I would think that that had to be a real thrill to play in a program that has so much history like Mountain View does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We always we were always on the uh, the tradition and everything. It was just uh, it meant a lot to us, too, you know, just the, the history that they had at the school. And we have pride just going to the school and playing and representing Mountain View. So there was definitely a lot of history there. Tell me about uh, just the general mood of you and your teammates knowing that you will play football this Saturday night. you got to be pretty excited to get back on the field. Oh, my goodness. We've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Every week we wait until like Thursday, Friday. And the last couple of weeks we got let down. But we, I think we're on the right track, and I think we're going to be able to play this Saturday. You know what I mean? So. We're all just ready to play. We can't wait to get our cleats on and hit the field and, you know, kick the ball off. It's. It, I know that it's been challenging. You've had a number of practices leading up to Saturday night, uh, but it's it's kind of like you said. You're you're kind of just sitting and waiting because you're not really sure if you're going to play, and that's that's not fun at all. Yeah, it could be, it could, you could look at it a couple of different ways. We try to look at it as, all right, we'll just prepare for the next one and we'll just get this working. But it definitely does uh, get a little annoying when you work so hard and then you kind of just get let down. But, you know, we got an opportunity to play the games we have left, so that's that's what we'll take, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Curtis Hodges, Sun Devil tight end, joins us on the All Aboard show this evening. I don't want you to give away the game plan, but – UCLA's defense is very attack-oriented. They want to put as much pressure on the passer as possible. So are we going to see anything different? Again, don't give anything away, Curtis, but are we going to see any little wrinkles to just counteract UCLA's ability to put pressure on the quarterback? Uh, We've done a lot of film study on them. We know what they're going to bring, so I think we'll be okay. Um, They do pressure a lot, and I'm sure that they will bring a lot, you know, when we play them, but we'll be ready for it. And I think the game plan will be, you know, similar to SC where we run the ball and then we'll we'll try to get the ball downfield when we have the opportunity to, but we definitely do got to hold up the front line for sure. 
I'm curious to know, uh, Jaden is such a, a tremendous athlete, and obviously he can improvise from the quarterback position about as well as anybody, uh, certainly in the Pac-12. As a receiver, you have to develop kind of a, an instinctual chemistry with, with Jaden, don't you? I mean, if he breaks out oh, yeah. of the pocket, you have to know where he's going, and that's just that's a matter of just repetition and knowing what he likes to do. Yeah, I mean, there's some times in practice where – you know, he'll roll out of the pocket and scramble a little bit. And I'm not, you know, you got to really get on the same page of whether he's going to try to scramble and throw you the ball or you got to get on the block. And But, you know, he does make a lot of plays with his feet and, and it's been working. Oh. He's got to, we kind of trying to get on the same page, but, you know, as to uh, the movement and stuff. Indeed. Let me talk to you a little bit, too, and we're visiting with Curtis Hodges, Sun Devil tight end here on All Aboard. Let's talk about the running game a little bit. Uh, Coach was pretty pleased with the running game at USC, and there were a lot of questions going into the season about who's going to get the carries, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. Uh, A lot of those questions may not have been answered in just one game, but I think as an offensive unit, you guys have to feel pretty good about the way you were able to move the ball on the ground at USC. Oh, my, yeah. We we tore it up down there in the run game. Um, We got three good – we got four really good running backs, and they all can run the ball, and they're all different in their own way and unique in their skill set, so – it's it's a lot of great competition going in that room, and they, they they're all fighting for for the carries. So I'm excited to see them get loose this Saturday too. So you've got three games uh, on the schedule now: UCLA at Arizona, and then whoever the Pac-12 plugs in for that final game. And I guess I know some it, it, Coach Herm has talked about it's it's a little bit like spring football. Uh, but I would think for the players, and obviously you can speak to this. It's a little bit like just a, a season unto itself. You want you've got three games left. We'll we'll kind of forget about USC for the moment because that was a month ago and you haven't played since. <laughs> but you got three games, and I would think the goal is to just go three and zero and go into the winter and into next spring with as good a feeling as you can possibly have. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. I forgot about that season the second we left the Coliseum and got on the plane. That was a hard game, but I definitely do feel like the team has the you know, refreshness about it, I man. We're ready to go into, I guess, yeah, you could say like a new little season. We're all we're focused on is the next three games, and, and we're really just trying to attack those three. So I, I agree with you there. It's also uh, a chance for a little bit of revenge. UCLA uh, got the better of ASU at the Rose Bowl last year. And as I recall, they, they jumped on you early. They had a lead. You battled back. But I would think that you're probably pretty anxious to get on the field just to kind of settle the score with UCLA a little bit. Yeah, I got, yeah, we got to get them back from last year, for sure. Tell me we, about- we, we came out a little slow, and we let them get on top, and just never came back up. Yeah, that was it was a rough ball game all the way around. How is uh, – I know that it's been kind of an unusual deal with Coach Hill – New offense, you go through practices leading up to the USC game, play the game, and then things kind of stop a little bit. You have been on the practice field, but how do you tell me a little bit about your comfort level in, in Coach Hill's offense? Well, he hasn't thrown too much uh, crazy stuff at us. He gave us a playbook and he let us kind of digest it and, and break it down, you know, through the whole COVID thing and then coming in through uh, fall camp. And so we've had the playbook for a while. So, you know, we're pretty comfortable with it. and 
we put some things in here and there. But, I mean, I feel really comfortable. I think our offense feels really comfortable. Our coaches have been doing a good job of, like, really teaching us that stuff. So, I mean, we, and we got a really good game plan for this game. So, I'm really comfortable with it. I'm excited about it. You know, the, I think what fans get a little confused with sometimes, uh, Curtis, is that they hear that a guy has come in from Boise State, and they assume, oh, it's just going to be throw on every down. And it's not that at all. In fact, uh, and obviously you've had a chance to work in this offense, the running game is really the foundation. And most coaches that I know, Chip Kelly's like that at UCLA. Everybody thinks that, you know, going back to Oregon, he just wants to throw the ball all over the yard. But really, it's more about the running game. And it's and I guess it's it got a lot to do with the fact that any offense, if if a defense knows you're going to throw, it, you could have the greatest wide receivers, the greatest offensive line. If you're throwing on every down, a defense is going to figure it out eventually, and they're going to dismantle it. So you need to have a strong running game, and that's why we talked about. You know, Coach Hill obviously understands that, and it's important to him. Yeah, I forget what the numbers were, but Coach Hill was very balanced in our last game. It was pretty even between run and, and pass, and, and it's the same way in practice. We kind of we, we focus on the run game and pass game in, in certain periods, but then we come together and do like kind of like a scrimmage type thing where we just go against each other. And uh, when we do that, it's very even, like run-pass stuff. So it's not it, – it, we did have a lot more runs in the SC game, but I think it will be pretty even against uh, UCLA. Last question but I got – Okay. Yeah, the run does set up the the pass for sure. Absolutely. Last question for you. Um, obviously, there's been so many things about this year that are bizarre. You're finally going to get to play a game in Sun Devil Stadium, and I know you've played a number of games in there before, but this one will be without fans. You did that at USC. Will it still kind of seem weird? I mean, you've had practices in Sun Devil Stadium without fans, and you've played a game on the road without fans. Is it still going to feel kind of weird when you come out of the tunnel Saturday night? Oh, yeah. It's gonna. It's always going to be so weird when you're playing a game, you know, in an empty stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, to a certain extent, it's kind of it's kind of relaxing. Um, you know, it kind of just feels like a, a, a Saturday practice. But um, I do miss the fans a little bit. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll be looking at a totally different situation next year, and uh, that's certainly uh, something we're all hoping for. Curtis, I really appreciate the time. I know it's also a busy time because it's finals right now, so uh, I really do appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us. All the best to you. Good luck on Saturday night, and let's get a win over the Bruins. Thanks for being with us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You betcha. Curtis Hodges, Sun Devil tight end, senior out of uh, Mesa's Mountain View High School. And uh, what a treat to talk to him tonight about uh, offensive football, the position of tight end, and just in general getting back on the field. The last time that Derek Hagan and I were on public airwaves together, it was toward the tail end of the 2017 football season. There haven't been too many requests for us to get back together, but for those who have wanted a reunion, you're going to get one right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil Head Football Coach Herm Edwards. 
Hey, reminder, no matter where you're watching the ASU games, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU. Remember, 21 means 21. And we also want to say hello to the Lodge at First and Farmer in Tempe, our great host for All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards the last two seasons. We miss Justin and the entire staff that has always taken great care of us, but fans, you can still visit and enjoy the amazing food outside on the patio. This is All Aboard. I'm Jeff Munn in for Tim Healy. And I've been looking forward to this interview uh, ever since I knew he was going to be on because it is a great reunion. Derek Hagan and I have not been on radio together in several years. Uh, Derek found legitimate work as a football coach. He was so desperate to get away from me that he took a job on Coach Herm Edwards' staff. And he has graciously consented to reunite with me for this next 10 minutes of radio here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Derek, how are you, pal? Oops, did we hit the wrong button? Hang on a second there, Derek. Okay. There he is. Derek. All right, well. We're back right, together again. What's <laughs> How are you, my friend? Well, uh, appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's, it's, it's been a long time, Jeff. It's good to hear your voice. And, and you know, I was overhearing it. So it's, it's the fourth quarter. So uh, with, That's with right. that being said, the fourth quarter, that means it's time to finish strong and uh, close this thing out the right way. It's Derek Hagan time. That's what it is. Fourth quarter is always Derek Hagan time. Um, there's so many things that uh, we could just sit and reminisce about. Uh, Derek and I s- stared at each other a lot inside pitchforks and corks on a number of Saturday nights. But uh, tell me, just get us uh, up to speed. Are you enjoying the coaching? I'm sure you are. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, you know, this was the uh, you know the calling card for me. Something I, I wanted to do, but you know, was just trying to figure out exactly when the uh, the right timing was for it, and and you know everything worked out, and and all the cards lined up the right way, and 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 here I am. Uh, you know, obviously coaching the tight ends and helping with the wide receivers. So it's uh, it's it's uh, you know very thankful for uh, Coach Edwards to give me this opportunity opportunity to coach this group of guys and and just definitely trying to help these guys uh, get better each and every day you know we've talked a lot about the tight end position tonight on the show and i've said it to herm i said it to curtis hodges i don't know of a position on either side of the ball that has changed in terms of importance as the tight end position it has now become as vital as any position in in an offense and i'm not just talking about college football i'm talking about pros high schools you absolutely have to have solid production at the tight end position if you're going to win yeah that's for sure you know i i think the biggest thing is like yeah we, we've talked about it you know tight ends and in, in these offenses over the last i would say you know five years they haven't been utilized you know everybody's gone to the uh the rpo offenses and and you know a lot of the throws have have been out on the perimeter even the uh even in the run game but you know for us and this type of offense you know we know we got to have big tight ends out on the edges that that can control the edge and control the perimeter and and I think we got a good group of guys that have have bought in and understand you know what we're trying to do and and they know that uh you know they're not just going to be used as, as as blockers all day long you know they know you know eventually uh you know the ball is going to come to them and and you know the guys in the room are are, are very happy about that knowing they're going to be catching some passes uh in the game but run blocking is important and we're talking with uh, asu assistant coach Derek hagan here on all aboard and i and i say that because both 
both of these teams that are getting together Saturday night, they depend on the run. It starts with the running game. Uh, UCLA has tremendous uh, numbers in the running game. So does ASU. So your tight ends have to be really good run blockers as well. Yeah, they do, and that's that's where it starts at. You know, that's that's the first point of emphasis that I'm teaching these guys is in order to to get the rock, you got to block, and if you don't block, you ain't gonna get the rock. So uh, they know that, and and that's critical in what we're trying to do. You know, we know we got two good running backs, or actually three good running backs in the backfield uh, that can all at at any given moment of, of the game go the distance. And and for us uh, as tight ends, you know, we really try to cor- control the perimeter and. and and, you know, not let our running backs worry about a DN or linebacker uh, being free uh, when they're running down the field. If you want the rock, you got to block. I'm going to write that down. I like that. That's a that's a good line right there. <laughs> you, you have to block. Uh, that's true. That, uh, blocking is critical. Absolutely. Let me. You work with the wide receivers, obviously, because that's that was your position as a player. I would think you're. I know you. You're a very humble guy. You're never going to take credit, but you have to feel a certain sort of inner pride. At the last two years, the the this program has produced a first round draft pick at the wide receiver position, and you've got another student athlete in Frank Darby who could really be a, a guy that could be a game changer at the next level. That has to make you feel awfully good. You're never going to brag about it, but I do do want to give you a moment to talk about your feelings about it. I mean, I think in general, it's, it's, you know, obviously I've been around those guys, but it's a, a complete team effort. I think those guys, you know, Nikhil and, and Brandon, you know, they bought into what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and they knew for those two guys, it all started in practice, let alone every other player on the team. It starts in practice. And, you know, the way those two guys practice and just, just watching those two guys over the last uh, few years was was awesome because they, they, they took it to a whole nother level. You know, when they stepped through those gates and, and stepped on the field in between those white lines, they brought it each and every day. And, and that's where it starts at. You know, you're going you're gonna to play how you practice. And when you practice well, you're going to play well in the game. And, and they proved it on a daily basis. And, and it showed up on Saturdays for us when, when we really needed it. I think your being involved as a coach also fits the the pro model that Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards have put together, because guys like Nikhil Harry and Brandon Ayuk, if they they obviously I'm sure had a lot of questions about what it was like at the next level, and they could go to talk to you about it. Um, well, you know, obviously it's, we're, we're we're all here as a resource, and and you know it's a pro model. We've all you know not only myself but the other some of the other coaches on staff have all been in you know, the same situation those guys are going through now. You know, we were, you know, some of us were highly recruited coming out of high school and took a while to choose a new university that we were going to go to, then went to the university and played pretty well. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, you got agents and different people trying to pull you in different directions. And I think those are the certain certain type of things that, you know, we uh, were very valuable to uh, uh, talk to those guys about because we, we, we have gone through it. And now uh, – you know they go, they're going through those things now, but they got that firsthand knowledge, and, and it really didn't didn't come out of left field for those for those guys to understand what was going on uh, uh, throughout the uh, whole process for those guys. 
it's been challenging, obviously, for student athletes and coaches alike. And with three games left on the schedule, I, I loved what Coach Hearn said last week. The, the question came up, you know, why play just three games? And he, he basically said, because we teach these players not to quit. You're not allowed to quit. You're not allowed to tap out. And I think that's a that's a great approach and an attitude to take. These last three games mean something simply because they're on the schedule and you need to play them. Yeah, we do. You know, at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, if you love football, football, football is fun. You got to love it. You got to love what you do. And, and you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing flag football, seven on seven, you know, tackle football, you know, even on Thanksgiving Day, you know, if you're playing football early in the morning, you know, out in the front yard, you got to love what you do. And, and football is fun. And these guys have been just anxious and just waiting to get back on the field, even though all we've been doing is practicing. But they want to play. Football is a fun sport. You got to you got to love what you do. And, and for us, knowing we got three games, you just got to take advantage of it because, um, you know, you just you, you really don't know when the game is going to end. And for us, you know, we didn't know if we were going to play this year or not. We had no clue. You know, back in the springtime, it, you know, we had to, you know, obviously because of COVID, you know, we had to stop. Things were shut down and we didn't have no clue. But now, uh, you know, we have this opportunity and we definitely have to take advantage of it. And I think a lot of guys on the team are anxious and excited to get out there and perform. And it is also, and we have to be very honest about it, it gives you an opportunity as a coaching staff to kind of set things up for next spring. We're very hopeful that a lot of this is past us by next spring and certainly by next fall. And you can utilize these three games as a way to kind of just get things back on track looking towards spring football. I think so. You know, anytime you play a game, you want to, you know, obviously you want to go against a different opponent and guys are excited and, and ready to go. And us as a staff, you know, we really get to see what guys can do, whether it's an older guy or whether it's a younger guy, you know, guys are going to get some of that game time, game time experience. So, um, you know, we're waiting on Saturday. It's been a long time since we played, you know, a long time since we hit somebody else. So, uh, uh, you know, we're ready to roll and looking forward to Saturday night. Absolutely. 8.30 kickoff at Sun Devil Stadium. Let me wrap it up this way. I, you had mentioned it, that uh, coaching was something you'd been thinking about for a long time. As you go through the building, you see a Marvin Lewis. You see an Al Luganville who coached for years and years at the professional and college level. Your head coach, Herm Edwards, has a wealth of coaching experience. This has got to be a great learning experience for you as well as you look to your coaching future. Oh, it is, definitely. It's it's. You know, obviously, I know I'm. It's you know, I'm an older guy, but I know I'm young in my coaching career. But I know uh, I can go to any one of those guys, whether it's Mar- Marvin Lewis, you know, uh, Coach Al Luganville, Coach uh, Coach Coach Edwards. I can go to any one of those guys, ask those guys any questions I need to be asked about anything, whether it's football related or anything in life in general, because you know they've gone through it before. You know, they they know the whole process. They've been around a game. You know, each guy for over thirty, forty years. Uh, uh, a long time, so it's a lot of knowledge, and and, and uh, that's a lot of knowledge that I definitely try to soak up from those guys each and every day by just by just listening. You know, sometimes I don't even have to talk; just listen to what those guys are talking about, and and that stuff sticks, and it goes a long way, and it helps everybody in the building. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, just listening to you talk, you, you got you. If you need to go back to broadcasting, you're well equipped, my friend. And I, do you hear that music? Does that music sound familiar to you at all? Matt, that, that's the cue. That, 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 that is, that is. I knew you'd remember that. I knew you'd remember that. Hey, Derek, uh, it's a blast catching up with you again. All the best to you. Please stay healthy, and and we'll look forward to seeing you Saturday night on the field, my friend. Thanks very much for the time. 
All right, appreciate it, money man. Have a good one. You too, my friend. Derek Hagan, ASU assistant coach, wide receivers and tight ends. Saturday night, pregame starts at 6. That's Tailgate Show. Countdown to kick off at 7.30. We'll kick it off at 8.30. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Next week, we'll be on on Wednesday with the U of A game on Friday. This has been All Aboard with Head Coach Herm Edwards. I'm Jeff Munn. Thanks for listening. This is the Sun Devil Radio Network. Listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil Head Football Coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Arizona State Football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.